Hello, and welcome to this edition of Wait a Week Mystery. I'm your host and author, J.C. Bodden. In this week's podcast, I'll be sharing with you the next chapter from my novel, Someone to Watch Over Me. If you like what you hear and can't wait a week for the next installment, Someone to Watch Over Me, as well as the other three books in the Dublin O'Quinn mystery series, is available in both Kindle and paperback format from Amazon. You can check out my website, jcbodden.com, for more information and the link to my Amazon page. Now, let's not wait any longer. Here we go with episode 126, Someone to Watch Over Me, chapter 26, Banter, part 2. Jenny's Story When I got home from the lab that evening, the lobby of the old dorm was in the process of being transformed. Marcy had taken the ball for the talent show and run with it. Several residents were in the process of stringing dark sheets across the landing to serve as a backdrop and curtain area. Posters announcing the event were plastered all around the room. In the corner, around the old piano, several residents with sheet music were listening as one of them belted out Amazing Grace. There was even someone with a CD player and tap shoes warming up. Marcy came bopping up. Well, what do you think? Wow, I'm not sure what to think. It looks like we're going to have this thing. I thought for a second I was in the wrong place. Marcy grinned. I know. I think that the girls are really excited about all this. You wouldn't believe how many acts we have signed up. Latoya's got the microphone and spotlight borrowed as long as we find some way to get it here. And did you see the curtain we're hanging? It's made of sheets. And we'll set up the spotlight here and turn all the seats around to face the stage and... Her voice trailed off. You've done a great job. I can't believe it. When you asked me about it, I had no idea. Marcy's smile faded slightly. You don't like it. Oh, no, that's not it at all. I'm thrilled, really. Marcy's smile returned, bigger than before. I'm especially thrilled that you seem to have done all the work. Well, there's still some to be done. I don't know anything at all about setting up the electrical stuff for the mic and lights. I was hoping you could help me out on that one. Joe will help us. Joe? From maintenance. He's my friend. Just at that moment, Wagner came in the front door. Who's your friend? Me, I hope. I see you've got your supper already, he continued, gesturing at the takeout bag in my hand. I was hoping you'd let me buy again tonight. There was a playful banter in his tone. Well, I don't know about that. I've got some things to do. In my room. I was flustered. Marcy, this is great. Let me know what else you need. I left, but as I headed up the stairs, I got tangled in the cord for the sheets. Here, let me help you, Wagner said. He was right beside me. Wagner, I hissed. I don't want all these girls to know. Know what? he asked innocently, but there was a gleam in his eye. You know what? Miss O'Quinn, I'm sure I have no idea what you're talking about. He looked around the lobby. Marcy was talking to the tap dancer, and everyone else was just as busy as they had been before. Besides, no one is noticing. He leaned in and whispered in my ear. God, you're impossible. I turned and stomped up the stairs with Wagner following. Inside my apartment, Wagner took the sandwich and drink from my hands, put them on the kitchen table, and took me into his arms. My knees went wobbly as he pulled me close and tipped up my chin. The kiss was tender at first. But then it went way past that. He pulled back and smiled. That's enough for now. Eat your dinner. Desserts for after. Like I said, you're impossible. 
Not wanting him to notice how weak my knees were, I pushed him away and sat at the table, pulling the sack of food closer. You gonna stand there and watch me eat? Mmm, sounds like fun, Wagner grinned. But actually, I gotta go. Some of us have work to do. I waved my hand at the door. Well, I've got to study for an exam tomorrow anyway, so if you've got work to do, you go do it. Do it? Oh, I will. Later. And with another grin, he left. Joe's Story When Joe got the page to go to Willow Hall to repaint some vandalized doors, he was unprepared for the heavy police presence from both the university and city forces. Fear gripped his gut as he followed Jerry Duncan upstairs. The sight of Jenny's name smeared across the doors made him weak at the knees. Hey, man, said one of the technicians when he saw Joe with the paint can and brushes. We'll be ready for you in about 15 or 20 minutes. Joe went to see Jenny, stunned that the door pushed open when he knocked. He took in the determined set of her jaw, but he also saw the fear in her eyes and his gut twisted again, this time in sympathy. She went into the small kitchen to make herself something to eat, promptly making a mess by knocking a jar off the counter, spraying broken glass and jelly everywhere. As he helped her clean up, he knew she was crying, whether from fear or anger, he didn't know. He kept wiping, glancing at her several times out of the corner of his eye, and once the mess was gone, finished making her lunch. When she began eating, some color returned to her cheeks, and he considered what to say. Again, he was at a loss. He left her there, eating at the small table, once the cops came and told him it was time to paint the doors. He didn't want to leave, so he determined to stay as long as possible, watching over her. When he finished with the five vandalized doors, he started painting the other doors on the hall, not leaving until he saw Devlin O'Quinn knock on her door, and he knew she was safe. That concludes this week's chapter of Someone to Watch Over Me. Thanks for listening. To find out what happens next, please come back for episode 127 of Wait a Week Mystery, or visit jcbodden.com to order the book. Either way, I hope your wait is a happy one.